will be on the screens behind me. I have the NIV as well, but I'm going to say it according to the old King James version that you're probably more familiar with. So receive this word before Tammy preaches. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord God, we are so grateful for your presence with us, even better in us. We're thankful for our sister Tammy, whom you have set apart and called to this moment, have gifted her with a word for each one of us, and I pray that you would bless her with your peace and much more so your presence as she proclaims this truth with boldness, as she should. Pierce our hearts, move among us that you might move through us. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, pray that with me. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm really um, honored to be in this space this morning. Just one tidbit. When Pastor Mark um, asked me a couple of, about a month ago, I totally forgot there were two services. So <laughs> I did. I, I, I said, sure. And then I was like, oh, there's one at 8.30 and 11. But I'm really honored to be in this space. God is good and he's faithful. Um, Psalm 23 is a very familiar passage of scripture, often heard at funerals. Back in March for our Lent devotional, I wrote about Psalm 23. Um, my understanding of the psalm came years ago through witnessing one of uh, my mentors live that life. Uh, in my early 20s, as a new believer, that was about five years ago, I had the benefit of being blessed with three very godly women. I would consider them mentors now, but at that time they were called church mothers. You guys know about church mothers? These women were the church mothers of Second Baptist Church in Freehold, New Jersey. There were several of them, but there were three that I had a very close, intimate relationship. If you need a little bit more familiarity with the terminology of church mothers, you can turn with me or look on the screen, because I'm not going to turn, I'm going to look at my notes, in Titus 2, verses 4 and 5. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So as you can see, church mothers were not just little old ladies who needed help getting across the street. 
These women were strong women with monumental spiritual force in the church. They were pivotal to the background and the backbone of the church. Unfortunately, it's almost a lost, it's almost lost in the church now. We need church mothers. I would say for me, the church mothers are right up there with the pastors, are a little bit higher. So you knew, if, even if you were a visitor, you knew who the church mothers were. There was something about them. And what I would say, it wasn't so much taught, but it was caught by their spirit, the spirit of God that resonated on the inside of them. That was, the, that was how I benefited from these three women. For about three and a half years, for two and a half hours, every Monday, I would be in a band, a praying band with three women. There was 10 women, but there were three women that I would spend a lot of time with. Now, anyone here at Marvin knows what a band is or not. Because Pastor Mark and Sister Leanne, for lack of a better word, are very dogmatic about us either having a small group, a class meeting, or a band. And why is that? Because Jesus called us into community. No man is an island, and we are to live life together in community. When you live on your own, it's, it, you can't really live on your own. So a church band is like a dis discipline where women and men or women, just women or just men come together, pray for each other, confess their sins to each other or their struggles, and hold each other accountable. So yeah, public service announcement. Just make it real, real clear. If you're visiting or if you're a member and you're not in a band, our small group, our class meeting, think about it. I benefited tremendously from being in this band with these women. They were amazing. They were master chefs. They were domesticated. They were sophisticated. They could cook anything without Google, without a, a cooking channel, without an app. They did it all. But was, what was even more incredible about them they had a love of the word of God, a knowledge and understanding that just resonated outside of them. They didn't have commentaries. They didn't have Bible apps. They didn't have cross-references, all the stuff that we have, but don't use. They didn't, they didn't have those things. They just had a love for the Lord. Each one presented with such a knowledge and understanding of scripture that you can see it just ooze out of them, out of their lives. Now, on a side note, at the time, I may have been 22, 23, and they were at least three decades older than me. So at that time, I thought that was really, really old. But now, no. Nah. I'm closer to that, so it's not old at all. Um, the first mother, Mother Ingram, she taught me how to persevere in prayer. She demonstrated the importance of praying through a situation and not just praying about a situation. 
There's an old word called tarrying, lingering. Sometimes you just have to stay in it. She lived 1 Thessalonians 5:17. Pray without ceasing, pray continuously. Sometimes we want God to just do it like that, and he can, but we need to grow and we need to develop. So we have to pray through. Mother Ingram prayed about anything and everything. She prayed about dishwashers. She prayed about dryers. She'd pray a sick person better. She'd pray a person through addiction, through divorce, through sickness, through disease. There was nothing that she did not pray about at any time. That's what she taught me. She taught me how to pray through a situation. Mother Howard, now she was 85, believe it or not. She would teach our lessons in our praying band. She, ours was a little different. We would come in and we would have worship music. Then we'd, which was also played by one of the mothers on the little, the little teeny guitar, Josh. I don't know what that's called, the little one. She'd play and then we'd sing. Then we'd have a lesson. Then we'd have a little lunch. Mother Howard, she taught me the importance of studying the scripture, not just reading the Bible, but studying studying it, making it make sense. She taught me line by line, precept by precept. She had this little red pencil and she'd underline specifics in the scripture and she'd be so excited every time she read the word, you'd think it would be the first time. She would say, you know, you gotta handle God's word with all kind of care. I don't know what all kind of care is, but she said all kind of care. So it was personal to her. Every time she read the word, it would be like it was her first time. She taught me 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved. It's a little different up there. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. So you would have to study the word to know the word, not just read it, not just gloss through it, because God's word is life and it comes alive inside of us. But we have to study it and learn it and let it sit and marinate in us. And then there was Mother Daniels, which brings me to our text. Yea, though I walk through the valley. I want to I focus on that particular verse Mother Daniels, I, I formed the closest bond with her. She taught me perhaps the most valuable lesson. The lesson was to go through the hard places, the low places, the uncertain places without wavering in my faith. Sometimes when we go through things, we just give up. But she taught me how to go through this valley because she had firsthand experience of going through the valley. She had a, an adult son who was addicted to drugs, didn't know where he was. Sometimes he'd be incarcerated. Sometimes we wouldn't hear from him. Then she found out she had a six-year-old granddaughter who had been in foster care for, since she was two years old. So she started the adoption procedure. The little girl was still functioning as a two-year-old and she was Mind you, she's in her late 60s. So 
I don't know, no one in their late 60s wants, you know, that's a lot to do, a big responsibility. But you know what she would say? She said, I'm going through this valley. I'm not going to stop in the valley. I'm going through it. She would say, a lot of times I'm not going to focus on the green pastures or the still waters, but I'm just going to focus on getting through the valley because in this valley, there's life. I never, ever understood that. I said, who would be excited about a low place until I start having my own valley experiences in life. Then I realized in the valley, there's the valley, as you see in the picture, is in between two high points, which means you were on a mountain. Now you're in the valley, but you're going to a mountain. There's not a mountain, a valley, and a valley. There's a high place, a low place, and a high place which means we as believers are gonna go through some stuff. We are not supposed to always be on the mountain. The valley sanctifies us, you know, burns that stuff out of us, burns that stuff that makes us think that we can do everything on our own, that we'll convey with God later. The valley is a place where there's a stream of water. You see that water? That water is pure water. It's coming from the mountains. You have the bottle of Poland Springs water, right? And all the other mountain water. The water in the valley comes from the mountain. And if there's water, there's life. There's even lilies in the valley. There's growth in the valley. But is what you do when you're going through that valley that determines how you're gonna get through the valley. David said, yea, I walk through the valley, knowing that God is with him. He did not set up camp there. He stayed in forward motion with his eyes on the good shepherd. Sometimes it's hard, I have to repeat that, to go through those places but God is with us and he's there. We have to keep our eyes forward on him and you have to keep moving. But just in case you get the temptation to look back, goodness and mercy are following you. That is so amazing. Sometimes when we are in a situation, we're like, retracing our steps. Could I have done it better? What did I do? What didn't I do? And you look back. But when you look back, you have two bona fide stalkers. Goodness and mercy are following you all, not some of the days, but all the days of your life. So you can get through. That's, that's a really cool backup team, goodness and mercy. In Romans 8, 28, it says, we know that all things work together for good, for the good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good, but God is working it out for our good. He's teaching us. He's grooming us. The situation may be terrible. It may be devastating, but he's teaching us. He's sanctifying us. He's purifying us for good, his good. His glory. 
And Lamentations 3, 22 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It is, the, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. There is so much going on in the world and then condense that down to your personal life that you really can be consumed mentally, emotionally, but it's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. And they're new every single morning. So when you're in that valley, don't camp out there. Don't get stuck there. Remember that in that low place, you just came from a high place and you're going to another high place. Remember there's water in the valley. Water represents life. And there's lily. There's a lily in the valley. And then one part where he says the shadow of death you cannot have a shadow without a light. So who do you think the light is? Hello. <laughs> Jesus. You cannot have God. He's right there. You cannot have a shadow without light. But in the low part of the valley, there's also no, sh there isn't any shade. So the mountains protect you. So even in the dark place, God is there. He's protecting us and he's keeping us. That's why we have to keep our eyes on him. We have to continue to look forward. We can't get stuck and camp out in that valley. There's no woe is me as believers. We are blessed to know that no matter what's going on, we have goodness and mercy following us all the days of our lives. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the valley. We thank you for the mountain. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for goodness, and we thank you for mercy. We thank you for the sanctification process that takes place in the valley, the learning, the growing. I pray, Father, that we will continue to walk forward keeping our eyes on you, our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.